The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's talk about China and let's talk about Hong Kong more specifically. Hong Kong Stock Exchange missing profit estimates today for the second quarter. Sluggish trading, a slow pace of initial public offerings, raising some questions about the future. I'm pleased to say that joining us now is Nicholas Aguzin, the Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing CEO. Nicholas, wonderful to catch up with you, sir. We want to talk about what's developing on the mainland, but also I have a more pointed question for you. Are you expecting the government to lower stamp duty to boost trading? <laughs> Uh, hi, Jonathan. Good, good to be here. Um, it's, it, it's, you know, the, the, the thing that we're most excited about is uh, about what we, we've been doing in terms of making our market more accessible, making sure that we continue lowering our costs. We cannot manage the uh, stamp duty. I mean, what we've been doing is we lower the trading tariff uh, for a lot of our participants. And, and what we're seeing is that the market is, is very vibrant on the derivative side and a little bit softer on the cash side. But as, as you know, the, our results were up 31% on a net income basis. So we're very glad about that. You can't do anything about it, but have you spoken to the relevant authorities on the issue? Uh, the, I mean, the, uh, the, the, we, we co we're constantly talking to all policymakers about how to improve our markets, how to make sure that we, we make it more vibrant. Uh, the, the, that, that decision is something that they do it on themselves and, and they take into account all the different factors in terms of like the, uh, the benefits that there may be, pros, cons, etc. You'll forgive and, me for laboring the point we, and jumping we, back we, in, Nicholas, just, but you know, if we could answer a little bit more clearly as to one, whether you've had that conversation and two, whether you think it would make a difference. It's just a, a yes or no. Has that conversation taken place? Yeah, yeah we, 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 we are not currently engaged in any conversation. Right now, there, there is a larger question as you talk to clients, you emphasize what you are doing. Do you get a lot of questions around what you're not going to be able to control in terms of what the authorities are going to do, whether it's limiting how much you can sell versus buy or what kind of free market parameters are put around share trading? Yeah, uh, Hong Kong is a very international market, as you all know. There's no restriction in the flow of capital. I mean, we're very um, uh, exposed to like all the activities that happen around the world, and and therefore, I mean, it's the same as like most markets around around the world. So, um, free flow of capital access to information, free access to information, and, and what we want to do is to make sure that we continue connecting East and West. That's our core objective, and that's what we've been doing and improving in our market. How much are you seeing companies and, uh, frankly, investment banks shift to Singapore, which is something that we keep hearing about as an alternative to Hong Kong just as it gets more connected to mainland China? Yeah, I, I, I do think that um, during the COVID period, it was a, a, a challenging period uh, for Hong Kong. Uh, at this point, I mean, we, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of that. I mean, on the contrary, I, I do see a lot of people that are returning with the, with the new um, availability of flights and, and being able to move around. We're seeing a lot of visitors come in and we're seeing more and more people coming into Hong Kong. International bankers are coming here, finance companies, hedge 
funds, etc. So we are seeing this, you know, as a much more envi- vibrant environment compared with the last two years. Five years ago, ten years ago, a lot of the bankers, the international bankers who came to Hong Kong were from the U.S., from the United Kingdom. Has that demographic shifted? Are you seeing more from other places that are outside of the main European and U.S. markets? Yeah, we, we, we are seeing people come from all over the world. I give the example. Last year, we, we hired our CFO at the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. That came from Brazil. He used to be the, the CFO of B3. So, so people are coming from Southeast Asia, from, from, from the Americas, Europe. And so the, the, the demographic continues to be very international in Hong Kong with people coming from all over the world. Nicholas, you're going to love me by the end of this conversation, but I just want to ask another question if that's okay. Okay. We're reporting that Chinese authorities have asked some right. funds, some investment funds in China this week to avoid being net sellers of equities. Can I just ask you if you're familiar with that request? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not aware of any of that. And um, essentially, you know, our role is to have like robust, transparent markets in Hong Kong. You can come and hedge exposure, whether it's buying, selling, totally free market and, and, and totally available for investors to, to hedge their exposures, whether it's a net short or a net sell. Do you think those kind of decisions undermine transparency? Um, Again, I'm I'm focusing in our own markets. So um, our own markets uh, are very, um, very transparent, very liquid. And and, and right now, um, our focus is to allow the markets to determine the prices. Does it frustrate you that in many cases, your home market is conflated by what happens on the mainland? Does that make doing business increasingly difficult? Uh, our market is affected by geopolitics. It's a- affected by um, the global macro environment, uh, and, and, and we've um, we've been trying to make sure that we provide even more tools for investors to 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 hedge some of those, you know, positions that they may have. And that's why you see that our derivatives business actually in the last quarter had a record number. We traded 1.4 million derivatives per day. So the, the role that we have is we want to be a risk management center uh, for uh, those people that want to invest in China, also for people from China that want to invest around the world. And, and, and we think that we perform an amazing service at doing that. There is a belief at the moment that investing in China is becoming more difficult because of a lack of transparency. We've talked about the youth unemployment rate no longer being published. There are official reasons for that. And there are reasons that the majority of people that we speak to believe, which is that it's high and they don't want to report it anymore. Does that undermine some of the volume coming through your exchange that would typically take exposure to China, which now sees some of these issues as, quote, uninvestable at times? I, I think that the world is massively underinvested in China. And similar, China is massively invested in the world. So what we see is that over time, even though we may go through some periods that are, are, are certain lows, over time we're going to see more and more investments coming into China because China represents 18% of the global GDP. And today, when you look at international funds, I mean, it's only about 1% to 2%. There's like 60 to 70% of the funds that today have zero investment in China. I don't think that is sustainable over time. Now, we may see some ebbs and flows because of macro situation, geopolitics. But if I have to bet on the long 
long-term and, 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 and the growth opportunities, that is a massive opportunity. So uh, you may see some, some, some periods of time where volumes go down and others they go up, and we've seen that over the last couple of years. And, but at, that, at this time, if I have to you know, guess what the best thing is, is to focus on the medium-term, long-term, and in the long-term, I don't have any doubts. Well, we appreciate the update this morning, sir. Thank you for being with us. Nicolas Sarkozy in there of Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.